0: this is michael you're listening to models of masters and i'm so grateful you're here i'm breaking down personal stories learned wisdom and pieces of insight i hope can help you along your journey head over to my website michaelbecker.org for much more and with that let's get right into the show All right, today I'm joined by Haley Kalani-McDonald, who has a very unique and interesting story I'm excited to dig into. And for Haley, it turns out that becoming an astronaut, which was her childhood dream, involves a lot of math. And that's when she decided to move her inherent curiosity in a different direction and notice some missing links along the way. She found that it's all too common for owners leaders and teams to feel stressed unfocused or stuck teams often find it challenging to keep up with a never-ending cycle of mounting marketing projects continuous challenges and trends that seem to pile up higher each week thinking big solving problems grabbing attention and working efficiently has been haley's specialty since she was a kid so finding new ways to sneak candy at night being the go-to friend for others in need and always in pursuit of innovation are themes that she is more than familiar with. While growing up with and beating aplastic anemia, which is a life-threatening autoimmune disease, Haley had the chance to experience life from a perspective not many others have had. The whole experience itself taught her to never settle for less and to live life as though there's no tomorrow. Ever since, she's followed her passion to use her unique gifts and help companies position themselves to create more impact, quicker innovation, and higher income. And she does this by working with marketing teams to simplify the creation and collaboration process so that they can launch projects faster and get more valuable work done, which we are going to talk about throughout this conversation. And the result that she helps her teams and clients achieve, which is a happier, more profitable more harmonized marketing team that can solve problems better for clients and tackle any opportunities with ease, which is something that we all want. Uh, Haley, I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for, for joining me today.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, well, what an interesting kind of background and story that you that you have. And we're going to dig into how what you went through has led you to where you are and then um, how how you how you really help and um, coach the, the clients that you work with. But where I'd love to, to start off with this conversation is is kind of the, uh, the the black elephant in the room, if you will. And I would love to ask you, in as much or little detail as you want to give, about the the autoimmune condition that that you went through and um, how that came about. But more importantly, like what that taught you and showed you about yourself as you kind of went through that process.
1: Yeah. So it was kind of a crazy thing to go through as a, a child, essentially. It, made me grow up really really quickly and it all started i was just a kid in elementary school and i had these this like intense bruising and the bruising would come from you know knocking my hip into a desk not even hard or like playing basketball and it would hit my arm and then just massive baseball-sized bruises would appear and so teachers first noticed and my parents first noticed and were coming to me like are you okay like are, are, they basically thought i was getting beaten and i was like yeah, what are you talking about? I have no clue. And I was just a kid, So I didn't really question many things like that. I just thought, well, it is what it is. And huh. so my mom, she took me to the doctor's office and it was happened to be on Valentine's day. And the night before, you know, when you're in elementary school, you make those like Valentine's what are they, boxes where you drop the little cards into there and stuff. And we had a, I don't know if it was a competition or just for fun, but we were in charge as kids of like making the coolest little Valentine's box there is. So I had created this like alien one and I was so excited to go to the school the next day and show everybody. But I had the doctor's appointment that morning. So I woke up, went to the doctor. I thought it'll be a checkup, go to school, get my candy, come home, everything's all good. But at the doctor's office, they did the the standard procedure, you know, check my heartbeat, all that stuff. Um, and then started to look at the bruising and I also had what was called petechiae and it's essentially what I then found out was popped blood vessels underneath the skin and it would happen just with a a minor scratch of the arm would just be petechiae everywhere and after that they had called in all of the other doctors and pediatricians in the office to come take a look and that's when I was like this is not normal um, right. that doesn't normally ever happen so they had me do maybe it's tmi but had me go like pee in a cup blah 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 um, and I remember peeing straight blood and it was terrifying and I came back into the room and started crying in front of my mom and she was nervous too because we just had no idea what was happening and so the doctor comes in and says you need to go to the hospital right now here's a doctor that you're going to go see and you need more tests done basically. So instead of going back to school and getting my Valentine's, I wound up staying in the hospital for what became like two, three, four days. And after numerous testing, I had this incredible doctor who was super sweet and all of these great nurses, but they sat us down and they said, look, your child has aplastic anemia, which is a life-threatening autoimmune disease, very rare, we don't really know what it comes from or why it happens, but the cells inside of her body are attacking each other. So it it was, to to put it into perspective, similar to leukemia or um, any other autoimmune disease. And my life really changed from that moment. You know, because I was a kid, I didn't really understand the severity of it. I just kept thinking, I'm gonna go back to school. I'm gonna go back to school. I'm gonna see my friends again. Um, And in hindsight, I really do think that that was a large catalyst for, even though I went through it for a period of four years, most of the cases of people who have aplastic anemia, it lasts for their entire lifetime. Uh, and for me, it was it was such a short experience that yeah. I think a large part of it, beyond the incredible doctors and all the things that we did, um, they did to help me, was just my mindset of like, well, it's not going to be forever. I'm going to be fine. Right. Um, and that has carried with me through today of like, if I'm ever stuck or if I'm feeling frustrated or yeah. if I think things are super shitty, I'm just like, it's going to be better at some point. I don't right. know when, but nothing really lasts forever. So that's the approach that I've taken ever since then. Uh, and I it, it really did change a whole lot of my perspective on, on life and, and relationships and mindset and a whole domino effect of things yeah
0: thank you for sharing that yeah i i'm a big believer as well in in these these abstract terms like destiny and um you know life scripts i think that we 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 do choose the the things that we experience at a higher level to go through, especially the the more significant things that come our way. And you know, our soul wants to grow through us through through these um, through these challenges that it presents to us, or rather that that we chose for ourselves again at a higher level. But I'm curious, what is your perspective on your purpose and how did it um, how did it evolve after having? I guess come out the the other side of, of that experience. And was there ever a moment of awakening that um, that came over you during the course of that?
1: You know, I don't think that there was ever a moment of awakening or or a aha or an epiphany during that time. And I think it was just because I was so young; everything was kind of an epiphany, right? Like you're still learning. So How old were you? you were in so I was um when i first got diagnosed i was in elementary school but i think i was in like fifth grade um so i was probably about nine and then yeah eight or nine and then it lasted through till i was about 11 or 12. um and there, there wasn't anything specific that I can think back to or remember, but it was actually much later on when I was put into remission and I was like, cool, I'm like free, I can do whatever I want, that I started to wonder and be more curious about like purpose and, and why am I here. And I think that that's uh, it, matches with the age range too. That's, what, that's where we start to figure out like, okay, what are we doing here? What is all of this stuff for? And a large part of it was I was on so much medication that they inevitably have side effects. And I blew up like a balloon. Like I was like a almost, I think I was like 140 pounds as a 10 year old kid and I'm five, you know? So it's like it, I was overweight. I was going through this awkward phase in my, in my middle school era and people weren't very nice to me. And so I think that in combination with aplastic anemia and going through it really shaped my idea of who I want to be and how I think others should be treated and the ripple effect that that has on our life and other people's lives as a whole. Right. And eventually, I, I don't think it was any one moment, but just like everything in life, it's a series of very small moments that one day you wake up and you're like, oh, okay. And I think um, it, was, it was after I started getting into meditation a bit around my senior year of high school and then beyond is... Wondering why do good things happen and why do bad things happen, and does that even really matter? Labeling mm-hmm. them as good or bad, um, and the the answers that I just kept coming up with were like it doesn't really matter, and we give life meaning just by existing and having thoughts and opinions. Right. And so, if I can be in control of my thoughts and opinions, that will give my life purpose, um, and which snowballed into me, um, you know, as I was I was working. In the music industry actually at that time at a recording studio in Seattle and I knew I had wanted to move into like an entrepreneurial direction so when I was working at this recording studio you know there was I was surrounded by really talented people and they were really struggling to make any money off of what they were doing including myself uh, and that got me curious about Positioning. You know, it wasn't a matter of talent. It was a matter of attracting people to them, which snowballed into me learning about marketing and psychology and bringing people into like a loyal fan base or a family, uh, which is how I actually got my start into marketing overall. But during that process, why I bring that up is I from an outside perspective people like what are you doing you're you're in fitness you do music you're in marketing like they try and say this is the one thing that you should be doing and i just thought well i have many interests many passions and i think i'm good at many different things so if i can support other people through those passions and through those skills and through those ideas that was my purpose to just do what i was good at and have that have a positive impact on somebody else which is a long-winded answer to to what you were saying yeah there's
0: there's an interesting phenomenon that I've, I've, I've witnessed within myself, but especially with others, after undergoing any sort of life-altering period of significance, it seems that there is a window that opens itself up to us. For the opportunity to to really shift and transform who we are as a person, and for for me, it was a flowering of consciousness that invited me to start learning about topics that I'd never imagined before. But I love hearing how you just started exploring these different topics and different sort of modes of being and um, uh, different different facets of life and um, <clears throat> and lifestyle, especially you know looking into. Uh, these, these different niches. And it's yeah. really interesting to hear how this experience led you to those.
1: Yeah. When was the period of time where you went through that flowering of consciousness? What age was that?
0: Yeah, it was, it was actually more recent back in 20, late 2018 and then um, really kind of getting it initiated in 2019. Um, mm-hmm. So I was late 20s when that happened for me
1: was there anything in particular going on in your life at that time that you look back on and you think had supported that or it was just almost in some sense um for lack of a better word random
0: that's such a great question you know what in hindsight like so when i was undergoing it i just i i didn't really have the presence of mind to look at the surrounding circumstances and be like "Hmm, what what catalyzed this i i was with an ex-girlfriend at the time and um like we had kind of started the journey together so that's kind of what I attributed it to but looking back now I think what there was even more than that was this background and mounting pressure that I was feeling internally that I don't even I don't even know if I vocalized it or was aware of it myself back then but um just kind of a a general sense of dissatisfaction with the path that I was on and that had been laid out for me I was working in a corporate job that it was just like meh it was okay it wasn't something that I loved or that i was passionate about but i was so conditioned and programmed by that path that i didn't really think to question it or to look outside of it and say what are these other options and what are other people doing out there and how are they doing it i was just kind of living in my own lane and for me like there was definitely periods of pain um a lot of it was related to relationship and struggling to find what i thought that i needed or wanted at the time and um know a lot of going out and partying and drinking and all that stuff throughout my 20s that i think just um wasn't beneficial and was in in hindsight like i got i actually got a dui in 2015 and i think that was an opportunity for me to you know turn my head and and kind of wake up and i i didn't do so fully at that time and so a few years later i think the door had been opened and um finally i was able to kind of come out of that stupor and um see the sun
1: yeah, so. it's interesting how life happens that way, where it gives us many different opportunities to right. go on different paths um, throughout your, your week, month, year. And it is up to us to either see it and, and follow through and say, oh, there it is. Like, I, I can start this different direction right. or not, right? Because there's no wrong decision. It's just that I, I think you touched on it before. And um, I don't know. I don't think of myself as necessarily religious but more so spiritual in some sense where i do believe that that life is in some way shape or form guiding us um, towards a positive direction and there's always those opportunities that come up whether we see them and follow them or not that are just there which is really exciting and for anybody who is in a really unsatisfactory or frustrating or tough time hopefully that could serve as a way to say okay cool there's an opportunity for me either here right now or coming soon to help me get out of this
0: yeah and there's another interesting thing that i've that i've discovered kind of looking back through those more difficult periods in that when you're in them they are not fun and they don't necessarily feel expansive but when you think back on the trials and tribulations of life this is for anyone anyone listening when you really feel into those now having come out of them months or years down the line don't they feel sweet and some some may be bittersweet and some may be sweet like the good times may be sweet but the bad times you made it and you survived it and there's a certain flavor to any experience that we come out of that takes on a a richer quality i think as time passes and to your point haley that, that you brought up earlier I really I don't think anything is is bad and I don't really think anything's good I just think life wants us to experience a spectrum of emotions and experiences to allow us to really feel and see who we are against the backdrop of those and so something else that I've kind of been been looking at myself and an interesting thing um
1: yeah there's a lot of very interesting
0: there's a lot of power in in pain and I guess also in pleasure you know if if we can always come back to kind of seeking growth and and an expanded perspective through both of those things and creativity which is something that I know we're both super passionate about is another skill or quality that I, I believe can be ignited through through experience um, and I'm wondering for you kind of leading into the whole business and entrepreneurship side of things which is where you you took your your journey in the, in the years that would follow like how how have you seen your creative faculties, I guess, start to blossom and come forth more after coming out of that chapter?
1: You know, it's it's funny because I think that there was a period of time where I at least felt like my creativity was starting to diminish. Mm. Like it was, I started feeling more constrained in my creativity. And I think that when we are in periods of transition or frustration, yep, stressed, it's hard to be creative. And um, neurologically, that's that's just the truth, right? Like we, we are not releasing the right chemicals, like we're overthinking, all of that stuff. And so it was through the act of really finding things that brought me joy, and pursuing those more often that helped unveil like this, this false sense that I had about, oh, maybe creativity is just what I had as a kid. And now that's not really useful in the real world. And now after, you know, meditating and doing things that bring me joy, I've come to remember that it is a huge skill. And I think it's personally, I think that it's the most important skill that a human being can have, because by nature, we are creators we create everything. We create conversations, we create connection, we create emotions, relationships, and beyond the things that aren't tangible, we create tangible things, like products and services and, and inventions and things that are able to better the world. And, you know, I, I am I'm trying to remember what your exact question is so I can answer it. But uh, creativity is something that we inherently have, but we can also strengthen yes. if we feel like we're not good at it, right? Like people say like, oh, I'm not creative. And I think a lot of the times when people think of creativity, they think of art, like painting, singing, music, like all of the other stuff. And those are acts of creativity. Yeah. But my definition is really just the act of thinking differently. if you become curious enough and ask enough questions that's creativity already
0: there's a thing called divergent thinking and most people are convergent thinkers which means that they tend to seek and assume that there's only one correct answer or one lane that is the right lane but the most creative people in the world look for multiple answers and know that there are multiple uh, ways to get to a solution and that's one of the most important qualities that we can have when it comes to creativity as well. Um, and another thing that I've found with that is everyone's creative. You're right. We're all creators and everything that we do, everything that we paint upon the canvas of life is an act of creation, but it really comes comes down to being able to, I think, direct or tailor or apply that creativity toward sort of what what's called your ikagai, which is this Japanese word for, for purpose. And that's kind of the center point of what you love, what you're good at and what the world needs. And so um, I'm interested for, for you in kind of making that um, that transition to client work with what you're doing now. Like, can you kind of talk about how your your present role how you created your present role and how you're how you're able to apply your your creative abilities um to to create those results for clients
1: yeah so i started when i first started my business i was actually doing a lot of done for you work so i was doing the advertising the copywriting the videos the the social media management like everything right. um, and it was a great foundation because i learned so much through the act of experimentation and actually being hands-on with it but I realized that I had so much more leverage and the company that I was working with would benefit so much more if the strategy behind the execution of whatever campaign project we were working on was a little bit different. Um, And by different, I mean, typically a more creative, more innovative in some way. And so that's when I shifted into the role of consulting. Um, And when it comes to working with, people or or marketing teams and businesses, the main thing that I try and focus on with them is how can we highlight you as a brand? Like how can we create a personality behind the logo right of the company essentially like a, a lot of businesses you know if it's a service-based business and it's a small local business sometimes you will have a face to the company but for large brands or b2b brands most of the time there isn't a face to the company um, but creating that personality behind the faceless brand is something that i strive to work on really hard with the teams that i i come across and the reason being is we are humans and we build relationships with other people. And so if we can create that personality for the brand, then the relationship from customer to brand will be much stronger. And if we look at examples like you know, Duolingo is doing a great job and they have a mascot, so it's a little bit easier, right? But if you look at like their TikToks, like people love the Duolingo Owl. Why? Because it's a it's got a personality. Mm-hmm. And regardless of what the app does, right? Like you're learning languages and stuff, which is great, but people are attracted to it and think of that first because there's an element of relationship already built without ever having to talk to a real person.
0: Right. And I just published an episode about this. That's something that AI can't do and that it won't be able to do well anytime soon. And so the advantage goes to real humans that can figure out creative ways to connect with other real humans in ways that are human. and the more you're able to do that as a marketer, a consultant, a business owner, the more leverage you will have, and the greater advantage you'll have in the marketplace over other companies or the firms that are deploying those AI solutions to try to tackle those point those point pro, uh, projects or areas of business because they're just they're not going to do it as well and i think we're still in a point where like if some if somebody tries to automate something or use ai on something, really astute detail oriented people can tell. like you can still tell when somebody's doing that. and so the skills that you're talking about and telling the story behind the brand and forging those real connections are, I think, becoming more and more higher fidelity skills in the marketplace.
1: Mm -hmm. I totally agree. And I think, well, actually, it leads me to a question that I had earlier when you first started talking about AI piece of it is where do you think that we can leverage AI the most in specifically creative fields um, for things that are already seemingly being replaced like copywriters or video editors and leveraging it as a tool versus you know something that's just overtaking a job what's your perspective on that
0: Yeah I mean it's such a good question right I think to your point like people like copywriters and people that, that if you do any sort of rep- repetitive menial writing or even ideation process because chat GPT, it does more than just write content now. It, it's literally able to come up with ideas and strategize. And if you've used it, you know that you can ask it to churn out 50 ideas for names or topics or, or uh, uh, ideas for for a campaign, and it'll do so in 10, 15 seconds. And so, what's that? What that is doing? It it, it is compressing the market space and the available um, the people that are available in the market that used to do those things are now going to be phased out and or forced to find different skills. And so the, the biggest thing we need we need to be thinking about as marketers and consultants ourselves, I think, is how do we upscale ourselves above and beyond what the AI is doing? And what are the areas again that you know that that it's not as good at? And there's a lot of tools that are coming out that can do video, but they're not there yet in my view of like what we can do and like what we're doing here, Haley, like AI can't do this. And so how can you create a differentiated skill set that is more human, more and more and more human by the day is going to set you apart. Um, but things like copywriting, you know, even coming up with topics, stories, campaign ideas like we should be we should be supplementing AI to, to help us with those things. And again, people that used to rely on those skill sets are, are going to be phased out. So um, that's kind of my perspective on that. What, what are your
1: thoughts? Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And I think at the end of the day, it really comes down to what we were just talking about, which is like that human to human relationship and how AI can actually help us do that easier. Yeah. And whether that's freeing up our time so that we can do things like this, um, so be it, or or uh, what. I was listening to this podcast episode. I think it was the Joe Rogan podcast. And I don't know who the guest was, unfortunately, but he was talking about how at some point, you know, technology is going to advance so much that the jobs, things that are task related can just be done by AI, robots, like whatever. Um, And humans will resort to essentially just entertaining each other everything will be a form of creativity and entertainment and so like this whole episode on on creativity leveraging that as a skill has been is now more valuable than ever because the creative aspect of human to human relationships contact entertainment that's what's actually engaging to us like nobody wants to watch two AIs just like talk to each other you know and so The more that we can create and honestly just have fun and involve other humans in that fun, I think that AI will be irrelevant to taking over jobs and stuff, as long as your career path or what you want to do or how you want to monetize your skills is in relation to bringing other people into your sphere of fun.
0: Right, and what I'm hearing when you when you describe that is basically, and I'm translating this now to more of like a social social media context, user generated content, um, going live with other people and co producing or collaborating to create human content, um, telling personal stories. In the way that we're doing today, is something that no machine will be able to do if it doesn't have that context or the ability to reach back in and pull that experience forth. Are there any social media? trends or tactics that you are really keen on and that you see kind of coming to the forefront um, moving forward?
1: The biggest thing that I see working extremely well, which has always worked well, but I think more influencers, more creators, and more companies actually are starting to um, really double down and put time, money, and energy into this is involving the audience in the decision-making process, in the creative process, um, in just conversation. Like if you have, if your audience has a say in your product or in your service or your next campaign, or like you said, live streams, the involving of those two people um, or the brand and the, the audience is the biggest trend that I see and the most valuable trend that I see um beyond you know when we think of trends i think we think of trending sounds and like video ideas which are yeah. great but they always eventually fade out but what doesn't fade out is building a really solid connection and relationship with people um and ryan serhant says you know people don't like being sold to they like shopping with friends and brands need to become a friend to their audience and friends yeah. have conversations Friends give each other advice, friends, you know, they do fun stuff together. And I think that we will see more events happening, uh, around brands and audiences coming together. We will see more live streams, Q and A's. We will see more stuff, um, not from just B2C, which we're already seeing, but B2B as well, which I think is hugely important and B2B is falling behind in, in that trend.
0: Yeah something I've been thinking a lot about too is is like customer activation and I'm seeing a lot of, I guess, more solopreneurs, coaches and consultants, but also some brands are starting to move into this too, is creating communities or forums that can kind of serve as these waterfall type communities, meaning you create the thing once, but then you can tap it over and over again to provide value. And it's, it serves as a two-way exchange and um, like LinkedIn groups, I think could be one high leverage format for B2B groups around or B2B companies around that Um, for B2C and the solopreneurs like Facebook groups obviously have, have really started to, to, I guess I think they're probably just past their prime in terms of maybe effectiveness but I think the opportunity is still there and then you know tactics like webinars and it, I think are, are still very much alive where you can bring people together and it can be a value value additive but also collaborative um, community space and uh, so, so that's really 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 a couple uh, a couple of things that I'm seeing as well and just just tying that in as well to to driving business and ROI right um, those I think the companies that can commit to investing in projects like that, that maybe don't have a direct tie to revenue or an immediate sales outcome. Some of them might like sales webinars can, can be tied to that and and conversations from say Facebook groups, you know, you can definitely tie back, but, um, brands that are willing to kind of invest in those in those plays are going to be the ones that i think win in the the long term but in terms of driving roi and making those those decisions how do you kind of think about and consult the companies that you work with um, around really driving business forward in those ways
1: Mm -hmm. the main thing is getting in alignment on short-term uh objectives versus long-term objectives and i think everybody wants the long-term objective but often we default to looking at at the short-term numbers on if we're actually making progress to get there but just like life things go up and down Yeah. every day every week every month every year and as long as year over year you're seeing some progress even if you have a two year period where things were you know 10% worse than the year before but over the five year span it's 50% better or 20% better you're like okay cool you're growing and so the first thing that i try and align people on is is that long term vision and um especially when we're focusing on social media or content creation or building that community, one thing that I really love and I would love to do more often is have the actual team members within the company, whether it's the marketing department or not, get involved on social media and start interacting with their audience, even though they're not the CEO, they're not you know, the founder, they're not the owner. It doesn't matter. But especially like what we were talking about before with those faceless brands, start having your employees create brands for themselves under the company so that not only are they benefiting and they feel like they're working towards something towards the same company long-term goal, but the company's benefiting as well because they have this unmatchable connection with certain people. It's just like characters in a TV show, right? Like if you think of your favorite TV show, we have favorites. And, and we like different characters for different reasons. And if we can build that within a company, oh my gosh, the, the fan base that you're going to create not only is specific to whatever you curate and whoever buys most from you, but will stay for the long term. And we'll have something to talk about too, right? Because we, we, we have Reddit forums and we have a whole TikTok series and like uh, all just talking about these TV shows. And so if we can create that for a brand, that's huge.
0: there's also an opportunity for any company b2b b2c b2b to c if you're a solopreneur and you're working with even assistants you should be creating a company culture where your employees are empowered to create those connections to dive into those community spaces and especially to be creating content like if i'm running a company right now i'm telling my, my my team if you have any downtime like Think about how you can create content self-recorded content like get a selfie stick and record yourself going through the a day in the life or you know taking those slice of lives um and and, you know how can we create a a way that we can bring those together and turn them into shorts or reels or um post those things on youtube and push them out to the community and and then you know i think it's just a matter of like systematizing that and we live in this social world where it's like i think for the first time ever Haley and love your thoughts on this too is like you can't have too much content there's a such thing as bad content and you can certainly be putting out content that's detrimental to your brand but you can't have an overabundance of content and the brands that understand that and that i think empower their teams or the clients and their customers to co-create that content with them and it doesn't have to be formal it doesn't have to be super professional it's like they're gonna they're gonna have an edge in the market as well
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. They will have a a huge competitive edge because um, beyond the relationship building with audience, you have so much more data than your competitors if you do that. And if you are creating that much content, you know what works, you know what people love, and you know when you go to spend money on a campaign, you're like, this is for sure going to be profitable because we did it for free or borderline free on organic social media. That it, it's a no-brainer like let's double down on this advertising campaign or, or whatever
0: yeah yeah absolutely so this has been a great conversation i think that that is all of the questions that i had for you but is there any thing or any topics that we didn't get to today that you wanted to make sure that we did or that i didn't ask you about
1: Oh man, we talked about so much. We got into the spiritual side, we got into a couple tactical things and we meshed the two together. Um, I really, oh, one thing that I enjoyed that you said before was divergent thinking. And I just wanted to end cap that with the convergent thinking piece of we really need both to really get the full benefit of creativity because creativity by itself is so expansive that there's not a whole lot to grasp onto, but when you mesh that with the processes, the um, structured ideation of the convergent thinking and assigning tasks, projects, delegating things on the convergent side, that's when we're bridging that gap between idea and actually turning it into a real thing. Um, Just wanted to end cap that. But no, this conversation has been incredible and I'm I'm glad that we were able to have it together.
0: Me as well. And this is my last question, I promise, but I am curious (laughs) with your breadth of experience and the journey that you've gone through, um, what are one to two kind of takeaways or lessons that maybe top of mind that you want to leave people with in terms of it could be anything business or just resilience and pushing forward Um, anything that you just kind of want to like leave people with is tips or to do's
1: yeah I would say the first one is go taste and try and test and play with and experiment with as many things as possible so that you are gaining inspiration and curiosity from those experiences, because those will unlock so many doors for you, whether they're just ideas, relationships, or you know, opportunities that you can monetize. And the second thing would be along resilience, as you mentioned, and the, the classic cheesy quote, right? Like there's no way to fail unless you quit. And if you just keep going, it doesn't matter if you fall down five years ago and it took you five years to get up, as long as you didn't quit, you can still continue to go. And, you know, I, I know that I'm saying that as a 25 year old woman, but even at, you know, I'd love to live past 100, even at like 95, I'd love to still have that same mindset of like whatever I wasn't able to do then or chose not to do, I can still do today, hopefully, <laughs> if my body allows me. Um, so yeah, the, just whatever you want to do, there, there's never a wrong time to do it. And you also will never be ready to do it. So just do it now.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. You can't lose if you don't quit. I love that. Well, Haley, this has been incredible. Uh, Where can people go to connect with you and learn more about what you do?
1: Yeah. The best place is probably LinkedIn. You can find me under Haley Kalani MCD. And I post advice, tips, resources on LinkedIn, and you'll find my website and all the other cool stuff to connect with me on that platform.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening if you enjoy this episode please be sure to subscribe rate and review as i'm trying to spread these insights to as many people as possible and everything helps also connect with me on instagram at work with michael you can navigate to my link tree to find more resources and to check out other programs and content That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. My book, Content Capitalist, is on sale now. Grab your copy by visiting my website or tapping the link in the episode description. I also just released the online learning portal, which expands on what I share in the book. This includes four hours of edited, captioned video tutorials and trainings, plus dozens of downloadables and templates. Between the book and the eAcademy, you're gonna be equipped to literally blow your revenue targets out of the water and eviscerate your competition this year, all by putting content at the core. Please subscribe to the podcast, rate, review, comment, and share all the things and hit me up on LinkedIn. If you'd like to connect, I am here to serve
1: you and that's it. I will see you in the next episode.